0: So as I was saying to the, the kids earlier, I uh, got to New Year's Eve and we were nicely relaxed in Ballycastle. And um, I was trying to think of something that I could um, that I could write, probably for the blog more than anything else, because I like um, New Year. Everybody's looking for something, and um, I immediately went into an old song of George Harrison's when I was a teenager. Um, Uh, I could use the old phrase, uh, I used to worship John Lennon and he's dead, but now I worship Jesus and he's alive. It's a bit contrived, but it was uh, uh, that was a Malcolm and Allman quote from a a live album back in the day. But uh, uh, it was true in some sense because the Beatles were pretty, uh, the Beatles are still pretty important to me, but they were more important at that point because at that point I I hadn't found Jesus. And so at New Year, in some sense of atheistic um, liturgy, I would put on George Harrison's song, Ding Dong, right on midnight. Ring out the old, ring in the new. And it gave me some sense of just that. The ringing out of an old year and the potential of a new year. So I suppose this was in my head. I remember the year that really confused me because I had it on on my little stereo. And um, at some stage, the radio was on in another room. And I could hear the same song because Radio 2 that year had decided to start their year with the same song as me, almost on the same moment and uh, it was playing on my record player and the radio at once. That song's indelibly marked in my teenage years as this sort of passage from the old into the new. But I I can remember me reversing out, reversing the car out of uh, the gravel in Ballycastle into our cul-de-sac and thinking, ring, ring as opposed to ring. Ring with the W at the start. Ring out the old. The mangle came into my head. My granny standing there every week with all those clothes and ringing out something. And so I started to think, what if we changed ring out and ring in to ring with a W out and bring in? How would that change my prayer to God, I started then on a process over the course of the rest of the day. The family are sitting here saying, we have no idea what goes on in my father's head during, um, during New Year because this was all going on in my head until around New Year when I started to write it down. I started to think, and when I think about that, I do think very personally about it. What are the things going on within me that I need to wring out in the mango? What are the things going on in Fitzroy? Because that's the next thing, I think, that need to be wrung out in the mangle. And then, of course, being Fitzroy, we're thinking about the Northern Ireland situation that we feel we have a prophetic voice into and we have had for many, many years. What would it mean to ring out 2017 personally in Fitzroy and in the Northern Ireland that we're witnesses Jesus in and then I started to think about bringing in what do we want to bring in to the new year maybe that we didn't have or that we didn't have enough or that we um, we held back on and we need to up the ante on Um, what were the things that we need to bring in newness of ringing out and bringing in The new is a very scriptural idea. Jane just read the Genesis. The new freshness of a universe created in Genesis chapter 1. This epiphany. Because when I was thinking about this particular service... And we'd been doing a series back in the old year. Maybe it needed rung out. I don't know, but it finished in Christmas Eve. What were we going to do in the new year? Went back to my lectionary readings that we've been following for the last few years, and there was Genesis one. There was Mark chapter one. There was this newness, new beginning, and the word that one of the commentators I read in this this week. That really took my interest was the word "schizo." We used to use it when I was listening or watching my granny do the, mang- the mangling. We used to use it as a word about some crazy people. Probably people used it about me. It's a bit schizo, and we get it from the word and the idea schizophrenic of these two kind of minds going on in the one body, very very different. And this commentator was saying that 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 that. that Idea is this um, ripping apart of something, the curtain torn in two, schizo, the, the torn uh, two ideas being rent asunder, and the idea of the when Jesus died and cried, it is finished, and the the curtain of the temple is torn in two, and suddenly there's this ripping apart, and really Genesis one is a ripping apart of whatever it was that was there, a void, a chaos, and God coming into the middle of that, God coming in to to tear and to then build and create. You can I have the image in my head of the baptism story which is next in the Mark chapter one, where where there's a, a ripping of the sky and God speaks down into who Jesus is, the Epiphany, the revelation, and suddenly heaven and earth are no longer, um, no longer separated, but that God comes down from one into the other as He did at creation. God making, creating something fresh and new. In baptism, something fresh and new. The old is rung out as we go through the waters and come up into this new life. The old is rung out and we bring into the new life all that Jesus has to offer to us. Newness. Newness. Now, a wee, a wee side thing in this, and it's got nothing to do with the day sermon, but I want to, I think it's going to haunt me for a wee while, and I'll maybe come back to it. As I was looking at some of these commentaries, um, especially in the Genesis 1, um, one of the commentators was talking about the point of Genesis 1 not being some scientific way to work out how we got here, or not even a theological idea, but in here is this incredible thought that God In his deepest gladness. When he looked back and he saw that it was good what he created. The delight in God for creating. The delight for God in creating a world, a universe. And the delight in God for creating humanity. The deep gladness that God had in creating his world. That the world was created by God out of his deep gladness. Now you know where I'm going with this. If you're a nerdy listener to my sermons. Because I love that Frederick Buechner line. That I've always used towards humans. Our vocation. Who we are and our identity. Is in where our deepest gladness. Meets the world's deepest need. I've said that to so many people. Down, What am I going to do in my life? Well what you need to work out is. What is your deepest gladness? And where does that meet the world's deepest need? I've always Pointed that towards us as humans. But this week I started to ponder or surmise as I would use in my blog. I started to think that actually, what we find in Genesis 1, what we find in the story from Genesis 1 right through to the end of Revelation, is God's deepest gladness. Who is God? What is God's vocation? What is the identity of this God? As we look at the story that the Bible tells us, the deepest gladness of God is in making us and creating us and being in relationship with us. And his deepest gladness meets the world's deepest need. The world that he created's deepest need. By sending Jesus into that world. Because his deepest gladness. Is when we ring out the old. Ring in the new. And find the full potential of our John 10.10. Life in all its fullness. He's back on it. And he's just one sermon out of the series on it. Will he ever give up on the 10.10? No. Because God's deepest gladness. Now this year, whatever happens in the year that's ahead, can I ask you at those times, those moments, when things are, when we're walking in the water and we're beginning to feel, and when the oceans are coming in upon us, and we, we want to go back to Isaiah and we want to say that when we walk through the waters, God has promised to be with us, in Isaiah chapter 43. When we're in those moments, or when we're in those moments where we're going, I could go for that. God's maybe asking me to do that. I've, I've got enough votes to become an elder. I could I could maybe do that. Maybe, maybe God's asking me to do that. Or when some of you are in Uganda and I say, here, go and do that talk with a kid. Uh, maybe I could do that. Or when somebody comes and says, "Would you like to be a leader and flip side or evolve?" Or when somebody comes and says in the announcement, "We're giving out hot dogs to the students," and you're sitting there and you're thinking, I, I, "I can maybe do that." So whether it's your whether the waters are coming over you or whether you're just ready for a new adventure, what I want you to uh, remember in the depth of your being, God's deepest gladness is your life in all its fullness. That's what God lives for. Your deepest gladness. And he does things into your needs. His deepest gladness into the world's deepest needs. When we're struggling. When we're mourning. When we're grieving. When we're hurting. When we're doubting. When we're failing. When we're excited and we're energetic and we're fulfilling our full potential. God is at work by his Holy Spirit in the depth of our being. Not just because it's something he can do of an afternoon. But because what we know about God is this. That his deepest gladness is making us, sustaining us and being right into the core of relationship with us. It's who he is. God is Love. That's nothing to do with the sermon. The sermon goes into this new birth idea. New birth. Ringing out the old, ringing in the new. New is biblical right through. Whether it's John chapter 3 and you must be born again, whether it's 2 Corinthians 5 where we are new creations, whether it's Ephesians that I read at the start of the service where we put off the old self and we put on the new self, whether it's the start of many psalms that say we're going to sing a new song new is right there at the very DNA at the core of the DNA of scripture is this idea that we can be new and here we are on a New Year's Sunday in 2018. And yes, it's just another Sunday. But it's not just another Sunday because the calendar gives us this opportunity to just stop and to think, what do we need wrung out? What do we need the mangle to wring out of our lives? And I can't tell you that. I can tell myself that. And I have been doing for just over a week now since I wrote this reflection. What are the tears that need wrung out? It might not be the tears only that you have wept. It might be the tears that you or I caused. The choices that we make to do things or say things that cause tears where do they need wrung out what about the fears that we have I have to say the fears are there do you know me well enough and I'm, I'm going to let you in a wee secret that's the wee sermonic secret I'm going to give this up um, in the first couple of years you remember those first couple of years when I quoted Mumford and Sons and you two every week well those were the days I was still trying to grab the attention of the students that I hadn't realised weren't there anymore Okay, and it took me time to realise that actually you're not only not interested what Mumford and Sons that it's Mumford and Sons that said it but you're a bit annoyed that I'm quoting Mumford and Sons so what I did was I stopped telling you now I didn't go as far as I would like to have gone where I quoted Mumford and Sons and gave it to C.S. Lewis um, because then it would have come with some kind of whatever but I've been using a lot of stuff that I don't tell you anymore who it's from. But I'm going to tell you this morning because now and again I should be allowed to. And really it's been out for a month and I haven't really overborne you with it. Songs of Experience by You Two is an incredible album of you're wanting to ring out the old and ring in the new. What happens here is that Bono has a near death experience. He thinks it's over. And so he starts to write letters to all the people he loves if it's over. If he's not even going to hear the album, he suggests. And he gets himself into a place there, which I think is an incredibly spiritual place. It's like the place where um, you're no longer after the world because the world's gone. You're only interested in your soul because that's all you've left. So he's wrung out everything of the world in these songs. And he concludes the things he would like to say to his wife and to his children and to society and to his fans and to the world and to Trump and to the refugee crisis and all these kinds of things. And I'm telling you all that because I might come back to it in the sermon of time. But one of the lines that really caught my attention was a line about the refugee crisis, um, where he sings uh, on Red Flag Day: "Today we can't afford to be afraid of what we fear." Today we can't afford to be afraid of what we fear. And he's talking about those of us who are putting up walls to keep out the refugees because we fear the refugees. We fear what might happen if they come into our country. We fear that they might be terrorists or that they might blow us up. Or we fear that that health service that's already at breaking point might be even more breaking point if we have all these refugees in. And we fear that they're different than us. And we fear that they're Muslim. And we fear about our faith. And we fear about all these things. And Bono's saying, we've got to stop being afraid of what we fear. Because there's a humanitarian crisis out there that needs those of us who have the love of God to be welcoming the refugees, the deepest gladness that we have, meeting the world's deepest need. That's what the line's about. But it got me thinking about my own life. What are the things I'm afraid of? And this is no time we can't afford to be afraid of what we fear. What do we fear? What are the fears we need to ring out through the ringer in order for us to live life in all its fullness in two thousand and eighteen? They blew a lot of hope on this album into the refugee crisis, but they call us—they call us and themselves to be able to be part of it. We have one more chance before the lights go out for a summer of love. It's a poetic way that we have another chance to look at this crisis and deal with this crisis. Flowers blooming in the shadows about Aleppo for a summer of love. We need to wring out the old tears and the old fears. Last year, I played you a song by Over the Rhine and I'm going to think just for a moment about your fears and my fears and your tears and my tears and let's put it through the mangle of these words have you been trying too hard have you been holding too tight have you been worrying too much lately, all night whatever we've lost I think we've got to let it go let it fall like snow Because rain and leaves and snow and tears and stars. And that's not all my friend. They all fall with confidence. In grace. So let it fall. Let it fall. Have you been caring too much about how this one ends? You know it's not the kind of fight that you lose or win. When you're down so low. You feel the imprint of the ground on skin. Look around. And breathe in. Cause rain and leaves and snow and tears and stars, and that's not all, my friend. They all fall with confidence and grace. So let it fall. Let it fall. Let it through the ringer. Ring it out. Ring out the old. But what are we bringing in? The two words that I got on New Year's Eve just for those reflections were to bring in grace, to live grace. For grace not to be a theological idea, for grace not to be a ticket into heaven, but for grace to be the way that we live our lives in 2018. That everything we do, we do it out of a sense of grace and the model of God's grace towards us. So we're the ones that move to forgive. We're the ones that move to the one that we're at enmity with. The way God moved among us to be moving towards the one that he was at enmity with. Imagine a world lived every day by grace. Where every decision was of grace. In my life. In our lives as Fitzroy. In the communities that we come from's lives. Think of Northern Ireland. If the politicians on the hill started to make their decisions based on grace, not fear. Then we bring hope. And what our world needs most at this moment in time is hope. When all you've left is leaving and all you've got is grieving and all you know is needing. I know the world is done but you don't have to be. I've got a question for the child in you before it leaves. Are you tough enough to be kind? Do you know your heart is its own mind? Darkness gathers around the light. So hold on. Hold on. There is a light we can't always see. There is a world we can't always be. If there is a dark. That we shouldn't doubt. There is a light. Don't let it go out. We need the grace and the hope. In our own lives. As we start two thousand. 18. Because if we're honest about the fears and the tears, then my goodness, we're holding on. We need God's grace. And we need God's hope. But more than that, the call for 2018 is this. That we would be the grace. That we would be the hope for those who need to ring out their tears and fears. We live in a world drowning in tears. We live in a world that's paralyzed by fear. And we gather at the start of a new year and sing about the faithfulness of God. Sing about these oceans. Sing about all the faith that we can have. Talk about new birth in the Jesus who was baptized to show us this baptism of the old being wrung out and the new being brought in. And we're the ones that God is saying, go, be an epiphany. Go into a world that needs all this old stuff wrung out because in some ways, we are the mango. We are the place. We are the conversations. We are the prayers. We are the neighbor. We are the person in work. We are the friend. We are the family member who can help people deal with their tears and their fears and show them the hope that we have that brings grace and hope into 2018. Let's be still for a moment. And just consider maybe if the Spirit's seeking what you might ring out and bring in the things we need to ring out in our own lives the things he longs to bring into our lives and then where he might call us to go for those who are in tears and fears to bring grace and hope to them The tears of the hurt we have caused each other. The tears of the world and its fallen circumstances. Ring out the old. Ring out the fears. The fears of the fear of the other. The fears of thinking outside our box. The fears that increase the gaps that our brokenness has made between us. Always pushing the other away. Bring in the new. Bring in the hope. The hope of history that arcs towards peace. The hope of that flicker of light extinguishing the night. The hope of our secret gashes healed deep down in our souls. Bring in the new. Bring in the grace. The grace that always makes us the first to forgive. The grace that is unconditional to what has been wrung out. The grace that closes the gaps that our brokenness has made between us, always welcoming the other in. Lord, in these new year prayers, bring out the old, bring in the new, and begin with me.